and welcome to The Smoke Break. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Zoe Schwartz. Hello. Taylor Barrett. What's up? And Erica Figueroa. You waved. You got to say hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> the people who saw the video know you're here. <laughs> uh, Erica's a super funny comedian, and we're really glad to have you here. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah it's going to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so we're going to talk about problem solving. Whew, okay, problem solving. It's a difficult thing to do when you're activated. Um, I think that sometimes when we're angry, sometimes when we're sad, we we want to make a decision because we think that that's what's going to get us out of that. But like when you're making a decision from that state, you can sometimes make the wrong decision. Yeah. Um, what's your experience been with like problem solving um, with like maybe even in, in an activated state? activated state honestly i feel like i'm kind of new to the whole field of problem solving in general sure. like the last few years i'm like oh there's things that you can do like i just <laughs> kind of like lived with the problems beforehand okay. so yeah so i feel like problem solving in general is a new um kind of idea for me sure. honestly and just like getting to a place where yeah trying to put the logical brain online yeah. 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 I feel like I've gotten a lot better with problem solving in the last like few years. I feel like one, well, even realizing that like it's not something you can do when you're activated very well. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like part of the lesson of like ch choosing to get regulated before you make big yeah, decisions for sure. or before you decide that something's like hopeless. Because yeah. things yeah. feel like that's what I was going to say is I think like it feels like there is no <clears throat> other options when you're like really activated. Yeah. But often when you calm down, then there's like all these other avenues you didn't see and create yes, space totally. for problem solving that there yeah. wasn't before. Yeah. And to add on to what you were saying, Erica, like uh, it, it kind of sounds like like you took a really like passive route to problem solving where you're just like, if I don't kind of necessarily engage with this, yeah. then maybe it'll just like dwindle or die down or I can come back to it later or something. And I, I do think that is kind of a like that that is a way to problem solve, but it, you don't always end up getting your own solution out of that. Yeah, it was very fatalist. Mm. It was just like yeah. whatever is like I don't have the power to change anything. So mm. I didn't build the skills to try and change anything. Yeah. 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 Well, I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> well, something that like I've been dealing a lot with at work is uh, like de-escalations and stuff mm. because yeah. we've just had some like really activated people. And it's like you can understand why maybe they're upset and you can understand why maybe staff is upset yeah. or you can understand maybe why another client is upset and like trying to. I think understand what the problem actually is mm -hmm. because it's like sometimes we assume what somebody's problem is, right? Mm -hmm. We're just yeah. like, oh, this is this is what the what the problem is. So you try to fix that thing. If you're fixing the wrong problem, you're not only invalidating what their actual problem is, yeah. but like you're giving them advice that they're not asking for. Yeah, no, that's, so, that's a good point. Yeah, prob part of problem solving is like coming to an agreed upon problem. Yes. Yeah, that's Step a good one. point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, what is the issue? Yeah. Especially for the person that's most activated too, probably. It's yeah. It's kind of work situation. Definitely. I well, think it's really important what you said about like identifying the problem because I think it's really easy for people to like get a really broad sense of just like, well, this isn't the problem. You are the problem. And yeah. they, like, yeah. they, they're they engaging with a person that they just view as like all their actions from this point on are going to be part of the problem because they're like just feeding the problem and sure. it's hard to narrow down. Like, well, the, the problem is that is that we misunderstood each other that i interpreted something you said this way it's that this person is is a continuous like repetition of this problem yeah well and i think it's like it's dehumanizing because it's Absolutely. like the human part is like giving that person just like what is your problem you know you're humanizing that person mm -hmm. but if you just say that a person is a problem then like you're you're taking out of like any problem solving mm -hmm. or any like uh humanizing of the person or the situation because like maybe their problem we had we had somebody who was like super upset by something and it was like the thing that they were upset about was reasonable but the reaction was 
wasn't. Okay. So it's like we have to address that like first what they're upset is is right, but we mm-hmm. also have to address that the reaction was wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a really important part of problem solving is just understanding both sides and, and trying to figure out like what the problem is, you know, what it is on my side, what it is on your side and like what's a, a common solution we can kind of meet up on. Yeah. Well, that makes me think, too, like it totally depends on like how big the problem is, like what problem solving looks like. Right. Like sure. in crisis problem solving looks like safety first. Sure. Right? Yeah. Sure. But like if someone's just like in an argument with a friend, mm-hmm. it's like communication. Like how do we communicate differently so we can yeah. understand each other's perspectives? So I think like the steps in problem solving are totally different depending on like the what, scale. Of yeah. The problem. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. I found that like scaling back to something that like both parties can agree on, like whether even if it's like simple or almost like redundant at a certain point, like just continuously scaling back until it's like, like okay, well, we both agree that there was a miscommunication. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not we're agreeing where the miscommunication was, we can both agree that there is is and was a miscommunication. So yeah. like, let's work from there. Let, then fr- from identifying that, now we can identify what that m- miscommunication was. We can talk about how it made each other feel. We yeah. talk about progress and like how to move forward, but like scaling back to a mutually agreed upon like w- where where things went awry is yeah. I think a really important like starting point. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, and agreeing there was a miscommunication is like a place for two people to both take some responsibility Absolutely. versus yeah. there being like a problem person or whatever like yeah. you're saying. Definitely, definitely. So like what is what is like a, a situation where you maybe found yourself like activated and you're like, maybe I didn't make the, the best decision because of where I was coming from. Oh Got a little God. bit of a smile. I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> Man, I feel like I used to do that all the time. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I used to do that all the time and just like feel kind of carried away with the intensity of what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of what I was experiencing. I feel like that's really calmed down the last few years um, because, yeah, time, letting time soften things, letting mm-hmm. time lower however you're feeling yeah. make a lot better decisions yeah. But yeah yeah i think stepping away is a big part of problem solving yes absolutely i think there's certain things that can't be solved in the moment you know That's and it's true. no matter how much yeah. you want to like taking a step back and allowing either yourself to calm down or the other party to calm down allows you both to like come from a regulated place and be like yeah. this is what we're trying to accomplish and also kind of on that note like sometimes problem solving like People don't always necessarily need you to solve their problems yeah, for sure. them. That's a good point. Yes. And sometimes like the problem solving is literally just listening mm-hmm. and just validating how they feel. Definitely. Yeah. And just being there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think an element of that is trusting, um, trusting that the other person can like if it's their own problem, trusting that they can figure their own problem out too. Definitely. Like they just need someone to be there for them. Yeah. Like a sounding board. Yeah. yeah. I definitely yeah. agree with that. Cause like my my approach to peer mentoring is is never like giving you the answer it's yeah. asking you what a you think the problem is and a and b what you think a solution could be because like i think yeah. that most people have the answer they just don't have a sounding board you know mm-hmm. sometimes you have to say it out loud to be like nope that was stupid or yeah. actually that kind of is a good idea yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point, though, too, because I think a lot of people do go to problem solving like automatically. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes problem solving isn't what people need. No, to totally. it's annoying. It's harmful. <laughs> it made me point. think like a part of problem solving with somebody when someone is 
upset or upset with you even like is asking what they need in that moment. Yes, asking what they need. I've kind of learned too to tell people in advance, like I don't need to problem solve right now. I just want to vent. Yes, (laughs) exactly. I like that you brought that up because I think that that's an important question that like people who are listening need to ask is, you know, hey, are you in a problem solving state of mind or do you, are you venting? Yeah. When somebody tries to like, like love my mom to death, but sometimes when I tell her that something bad is happening, Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, have you tried? Oh, have you tried? Oh, have you tried? And it like, it almost takes away from like if what feels like it takes away from the fact that I've tried everything mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's it's almost like you're saying you know better than me because you have the answer and mm-hmm. I was just coming to you for it you know so mm-hmm. finding out if people are at a place for problem solving I think is important. yeah yeah I, I find myself asking like um if people come to me with a problem or I, I can identify there's a problem happening around me I usually try to ask like do you want suggestions or just so, someone to listen yep and yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that, that usually helps begin the navigation into like two different possible scenarios yeah you know? exactly yeah. and it's more often than not it's just listening yeah yeah well I like what Erica said too though because I think like we all need to get better at that but also we can all get better at like prefacing like hey this is what I need from this conversation yeah. right now yeah. I think both like we all need that skill better on both ends definitely yeah. definitely yeah yeah it's hard to not sometimes view like problem solving like a chess match where you're like you have to make all the right moves yeah. like it's never that black and white uh, but it's it's it often a lot more just like a tangled ball of yarn where you just kind of have to like slowly work through it and be patient with mm-hmm. it yeah. and like mm-hmm. and like peel back the layers a little bit yeah and see see progress in certain areas maybe you don't have the whole ball undone but you do have this part loose you yeah, know? yeah yeah and you're able to kind of just like navigate it you know and you but like i think you have to be very patient with it you can't just like hey what's my next move what's my next move what's my next move it's yeah not, it's not that like interactive it's a lot of listening and just paying attention yeah i think that requires a lot of faith and trust agreed mm-hmm. yeah. definitely tell me more about that well i feel like you have to have faith that okay i've got this one part of the ball of yarn like okay. figured out and i just have to have faith that like once i've worked with that for a while then the next part will reveal itself to mm-hmm. me and then mm-hmm. the next part yeah. you just have to have faith in yourself um, that you can figure it all out, even if you don't see the whole roadmap in the yeah, moment. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That well, was, oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, something that like I had just been thinking about recently is like, you know, because I was just like, what do I do next? What do I do next? Mm-hmm. Right? What What is the next right thing to do? And I, I couldn't answer that. And I realized that like oftentimes, like you don't really know what the right move is yeah. until you're in the future and you can look back yeah. and be yeah. like, that was the right move, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like sometimes you, like just making a decision is like is more effective than like spending more time thinking about what decision to make. I am so on that page right mm-hmm. now because I used to agonize about all decisions. I'd be like, I need a spreadsheet and yeah. I need to like be, cr- you know, comparing yeah. everything and like which flight is the best flight yeah. and what if I, I struggle what with What do I do with like, this? Yeah, 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 totally. And now I realize like just make a decision. Yeah. Spend some time and then make a decision yeah, a and it'll be fine. Do a little bit Trust of research, research yeah. to, and then it'll be fine. You'll <clears throat> yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I've heard that called a decision paralysis yep. yeah. and it comes from like a tendency to feel like we have to do everything perfectly. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I brought up some stuff. And I do think like people yeah. socialize as women do often yeah. struggle with that even more yeah. in our culture. Like we feel like we have to be perfect. Sure. And so then we're like, I can't make a choice because what if it's not perfect? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, what's worse than not being perfect, not doing anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't let uh, what's perfect. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. Definitely. Yeah. 
that's a good quote. That's a yeah, good quote. That's yeah. Really good. I, I really, like really appreciate that. that. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think sometimes like me trying to figure out what the perfect thing to do is like, let's say I'm working on a song. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I just have to write a line so that way I'm on to the next part of the song. Like yeah. I can go back and edit, you know? Yeah. And I think the same thing kind of comes with like speech is like we're afraid to say the wrong thing, not knowing that like sometimes just saying something and then re-editing from there can be more effective, you know? Because mm-hmm. like sometimes silence is the thing that people decide to make their own stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Like right. if you don't say anything, people can decide what you're saying, you know? Yeah. But if you say something, even if it's the wrong thing, you have a chance to, it, you know, hey, that's, I realize that's what I said, but that's not what I meant. Yeah. This is what I meant, you know? It's yeah. better than whatever story they come up with or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So. That makes me think about joke writing too. Like when you're like, this isn't funny enough to try. And then it's like, sometimes you just need to try it, figure out what part about it's funny and then yeah. keep going. Like you don't, always need a punchline right away when yeah. you have a joke idea or yeah. whatever. Like, I know it's a little off topic. No, but. no, no. It's, not, it's, not, it's, a, it's a comedy pod, comedy mental health podcast. So yeah. I yeah. think it's perfect. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's actually a really good example because there's definitely been times where like I've come in with like my idea of a joke and then like riff something and it's like, mm-hmm. had I done everything by the book, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have come up with the riff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you totally. Know? When that happens, I feel like I've been working on loosening attachment because I'll have attachment to the way that I wanted the joke to work. Totally. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's the way that I I wrote it this like you know the way that it worked on stage that was just a riff you know yeah. that wasn't yeah. like I didn't write that it's yeah. like yeah. no you wrote that yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> well, and you, you yeah. wrote that account yeah <laughs> in, in the process you find you discover that there's something that's funny about it that maybe you didn't realize was yeah. as funny as yeah, it yeah, is yeah. or like yeah. to other people yeah and go with what works exactly. yeah. go with what works but you yeah. you don't know what works until you say until something you out loud mm-hmm. exactly yeah. yeah I was thinking about that this morning about how like, you just have to try so much stuff you just have to have a willingness to put garbage garbage out yeah. there yeah. to fail yeah. to yeah. fail willingness to fail that's, that's, a, the much, that's a much better way of saying it <laughs> yeah, and the perfectionism thing comes in there too because it's yeah. like sometimes you just have to just do something that's not perfect and just be like well now I know what needs to be fixed. If I didn't try yeah. it, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that, you know, like learning learning from failures is super important because it's like, let's say you have the perfect set, you know, mm-hmm. like it all goes well. Everybody laughed. Yeah. What do you take to the next thing? Well, you don't know what worked. You just know that you told the jokes and it worked. But yeah. if something goes wrong, you can say, ah, oh, well, my delivery was a little bit We could just blame it on the audience. Mm-hmm. Or the audience fucking sucks. They don't get me. You know how funny Every I Every audience yeah. has been, oh, I don't know what's going on. When I bought it's always the audience. Yeah, exactly. It's also always the audience. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but that, that makes me think about being like self-reflective too. Like that's a part of problem solving too, yeah. is like being able to look at yourself um like authentically and be honest with yourself. Yeah. About- and look at the way that you've tried to solve problems in the past and be mm-hmm. like, yes, this worked. No, this didn't work, you know, and mm-hmm. try to like come up with a better solution. Like mm-hmm. I think that we have to be able to look at the the things that, that we've done and the things that like it, as like a basis for like the things that we want to do. You mm-hmm. know, like sometimes yeah. it takes saying the wrong thing to figure out what the right thing is. I love getting to a more objective place with all of that and being able to look at what happened from like a non-charged point of view yeah. Yeah. and like not tying your worth to what happened. Yeah. It's just like more like a tactical thing of like, okay, like you were saying, like that worked, so that didn't work. It's not necessarily a reflection of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think actually doing comedy has helped me with that a lot. Same. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, me too. Well, excellent. Um, I think that came to a, a nice little close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. Well, we're gonna take a real quick commercial break and we'll take a real just a quick regular break. break. <laughs> just a regular ass a break. We'll be right back. Sponsored to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hi, and we're back with the smoke break. <laughs> we're here with Zane Thomas, pew, pew. Erica Figueroa, Hello. and Taylor 
I forgot your last name. Barrett. 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 Like I'm not good at introducing. It's new for me, okay? Oh, you're all good. You're last all time good. I called Zane Taylor. So. so this is an improvement. We're working on yeah. it. Yeah. I was okay. like, are they going to say their names? Am I going to say their names? We're going to go for it. Um, we're going to talk about toxic relationships because we all love those. No, but uh, I think we've all probably experienced, like whether it's an intimate relationship or just a friendship, friendship or family sure. or whatever. Um, I think the thing that I've been working on with toxic relationships is like, how do we uh, heal from the toxic relationships we've had in the past and then try not to like carry the patterns on into our future relationships? Because I think like sometimes even when you're like not ever the toxic person, I'm just kidding. But, you know, sometimes it feels like <laughs> the relationship maybe was toxic because of, you know, one party. But I yeah. think we can still develop toxic uh, behaviors and habits from being in those relationships, yeah. whether we're the source of them or not. Yeah, so I think that's something that I've been working on is like. How do I not carry all of that or assume that something is toxic mm -hmm. because I'm used to it or react in a toxic way because I'm used to a, something being. Yeah. So I think that's where I'm at with it. Uh, what about you, Zane? Where what? how did toxic relationships show up in your life? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess like in my life, I, I haven't been in a lot of relationships, but I can definitely identify the parts that were toxic. I can identify the parts where I was toxic. I can identify the parts where somebody else was toxic. Um, but I think it, it really kind of comes down to like when toxicity really starts to build is like it comes from, in my experience, an unwillingness for like either both sides or either side to like uh, commit to like problem solving, you know, like Compromise. a lot compromise, problem solving, understanding. It's, I, I think a lot of toxicity comes from like refusing to understand somebody else's mm -hmm. viewpoint. Like somebody's just like, Hey, this thing that you're doing, it's hurtful. And you're just like, it's not hurtful. It's just the way that I communicate. And mm -hmm. it's just like, listen, if you get drunk and be mean to me every time that you do that, like that's, that's, that's hurtful. That's, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, well, the problem isn't that, you know, what I'm saying, it's how you're reacting to it. It's, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it comes from like a place of like not problem solving. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think that like in my experience, you know, the going forward, like to avoid toxic relationships, I need to know somebody's uh, problem solving capabilities, somebody's willingness to communicate, you know, because mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, it's it becomes toxic when communication shuts down. I think yeah. it's important yeah. too that you're using that to like learn your like immediate needs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of like the, the assumption that everybody's like this. So just like just fuck it all. Like I think it's a really a healthy uh kind of like piece of growth to like to identify in yourself is well yeah, these th these things got to that point because I do I wasn't able to identify that these were the things that I needed and these were the things I that I, I wasn't receiving so in the future I'm going to be specifically looking for problem solving capabilities communication you yeah. know what uh -huh. I mean like those are your those are the top of your pyramid standards yeah definitely yeah, yeah. the willingness to say I'm sorry yeah yeah super yeah. big yeah mm -hmm. I'm yeah super big yeah what about you Erica how does it show up for you oh my god I think I've only ever had toxic relationships and so sorry. yeah thank you me too <laughs> mostly same <laughs> yeah I think I've only ever had so I like I haven't been in a relationship in a really long time um, because after the last one I was like I gotta I gotta figure this out yeah like yeah. I really have to figure this out and so I've done a lot of reading and uh, truly learned what the red flags are yeah and um, yeah I don't know I think I'm still kind of healing from all of that. Well, I think be a certain amount of time of being single and like realizing yeah. what you what you want because I think yeah. like a lot of like running into that toxicity is like I didn't know what to ask for, so therefore it wasn't until I didn't receive it that I realized it was an issue. But like yeah. now I'm in a place where it's like I don't want to date until I know that like these things are going to be met by me and by that person. Yeah, and also, I mean, I feel like I'm at a place where I wouldn't mind having a partner, but in the meantime, my standards have risen really high. Mm -hmm. yeah. and this is a very real thing of like if you have 
standards that you run the I don't want to say risk, but like you run the risk of being single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, but yeah. I, I don't think it's I don't I think more of a risk is being in a toxic relationship. That's well, for sure. way more of a risk. Yeah. yeah. That's way well, more of a risk. Like I'm much happier and healthier and goal oriented. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah. That's something. Oh, go ahead. No, please. <laughs> I was just going to say that's something that I learned from being in toxic relationships is that being alone is better than being in a toxic Absolutely. relationship. And that our culture values partnership and like intimate partnership way more than it values other relationships. And I think that's problematic. And I think that's yeah. why a lot of people are unhappy because they don't have a successful or even just have a relationship yeah. or they're in a relationship be- that isn't good because they think being alone is somehow some terrible thing. Yeah. So I think that's something that's been really like become really salient for me is like a cultural idea that like it's better to be partnered than to be alone. So right. a lot of people settle. There's a lot of fear around Mm -hmm. it. There's an incredible amount of fear. And I just try to enjoy the time. Like I tell myself that like you don't know what's going to happen in the future. So just enjoy now because there might be a time when you're like, oh, I had all that time. Yeah. And I didn't make the most of it. (laughs) Well, And you've achieved a lot like since you started doing comedy. How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, 15 months. Yeah. And you've done a lot. And probably because you you. have been so focused on yourself. I know. Honestly, I didn't think about that. I'm like, yeah. sometimes when I feel lonely, I'm like, oh, I wish I had someone like, yeah. Yeah. Do you really want to be brought down right now? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, and when I when I first started getting to know you, I just got that sense. I was like, I sense that she is like really protected and like really focused on herself. Yeah, and oh. you give off that, but in a good way, Thank not in, not in like yeah, a yeah, closed yeah, off yeah. way. That, I mean, that is like I seriously like I have reached a point where I'm like never again. Yeah, yeah. never again will I be in a toxic relationship. That's good. Yeah. I think that's yeah. important. It's like setting that standard for yourself and figuring out like what that even looks like, you know. Yeah, and then like once you know what it is, then it's like okay, in order for me to be happy and in order for me to make somebody else happy, like these are the things that I need need from that relationship. Yeah, yeah, it's really important to know that. And like what you were saying, Zoe, about like sensing that from me, which first of all, thank you. That's such a huge compliment. But I <laughs> Good, feel I'm glad like, it came across. Yeah, you know, it, it does. It <laughs> does. But like, I feel like now that I have that more internally, it's kind of a force field. Oh, yeah, I can relate to that. I scare yeah. people away sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I feel I feel like when I didn't have that toxic peak people were yeah. more attracted yeah. to me. Yeah, totally. And now I think maybe they look at me and they sense like, mm, she wouldn't put up with She's my not stuff. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> She's going to make me feel bad about myself. Which is a good, yeah, a good yeah. message to kind of yeah, just be like, yeah. you're right, I wouldn't put up with your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think a lot of talks people look for scenarios where they can get away with their shit. Yeah, like, totally. They're like, I'm not going to be called out for this. Uh, they'll, they'll make excuses for me or they'll somehow... Like I'll be able to warp the the blame onto them or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's a really yeah common thing that all that toxic that people that are in toxic relationships that don't realize that they're participating in toxic relationships mm-hmm. end up doing is they're they're like dodging blame as much as possible, yeah. dodging mm-hmm. accountability. Mm-hmm. I, th- yeah. I think it's yeah. Yeah. it's really important to like this, this comes from problem solving too. I think it's really important to be able to kind of like shed your immediate reactions to, to scenarios mm-hmm. and just be like, what what is the solution here? What is yeah. like how, how how have I participated? Yeah, in, yeah. yeah. that's a big one. Yes. I think I think accountability. Yeah. I think yeah. kind of what you said, the willingness to say sorry is like yeah, a big absolutely. part of it because it's like you can you can maybe get past the first problem, you know, but it's mm-hmm. like if you're stacking up all these times that you didn't mm-hmm. apologize, then it's like the the person in their mind is just like, okay, so they're okay with doing it or they thought it was okay, mm-hmm. or like an unwillingness to admit when you're wrong, I feel like kind of just it it's it makes you infallible. So therefore anything that you right. do yeah. is is fine. Right. And it's yeah. like if you can admit like, hey, what I how I reacted. What 
I did in this moment was incorrect, then it's like, then that's coming from a place of like, I know what I did was wrong and I'm willing to make it better. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you can't identify what you did was wrong, then it's really hard to like trust that you're going to do better because yeah. you don't know what it's you did was wrong. It's a dead end to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's definitely. A, you, yeah. You can't engage with a brick wall. Yeah. No. If no. like, it's just not going to go anywhere. But also like what <clears throat> you were saying about accountability, it's, this is really hard and it's really tricky, but I feel like if you've been in toxic relationships, there's like a level of taking accountability of just reflecting on yourself and like, why didn't you see the red flags Mm -hmm. and why did you, and not in a blaming way, not in a victim blaming way, but like 100% in a way of how can I make sure that this doesn't happen again? What Mm -hmm. is it that's been in me that's allowed toxic people into my yeah. life. Totally. Why didn't yeah. I protect myself a little yeah. bit Yes, more? why didn't I protect yeah. myself more? Yeah, no, yeah that's, I, I, well, I was thinking about how like, because my first like few relationships were really toxic, it was like, I didn't, I was so busy fixing them or trying to deal yeah. with whatever their problem was, you know, like say like alcoholism or mm-hmm. something, you know, sure. then, then it's like, it didn't give me the opportunity to like acknowledge that like I have stuff that I need to work on yeah. in relationships yeah. too. And my last relationship was like the first half was like really healthy. And then the second half was kind of toxic. Yeah. And so I feel like when, as that one ended, it's given me a lot more space to be like, I, th- I think I have toxic behaviors too. And then also mm-hmm. to learn how I probably developed those from being in repeated yeah. or from like you know, my parents' relationship right, or my right. dad or whatever. You yeah. Know what I mean? like, how you view relationships, yeah. you know, like, like, it, like I, I realized when I was younger that like I have a, a view on like how relationships are supposed to be prototype or whatever. Yeah. Ex- and, and expecting but like my partner to like view it the exact same way. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a layer that I've had to shed and be like, we, like I, if I'm with somebody, I'm with them because like, like for all of them. And that, that, yeah. that includes how they view relationships and where like the goal is to kind of get to a mutually agreed upon spot of like where we want to be and like have like a mutual respect and like, and, and communicate that uh, uh, effectively. And mm-hmm. like, in a way that validates both of our perspectives, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's, I think that's a really difficult spot to get to and expecting somebody else to have done all the same legwork as you is, is also, yeah. is, is def- they, they've done their own legwork mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to be different <clears throat> and it, it's hard to get to that mutually agreed upon spot. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think something else that like I've had to like take uh, a, like account for is like, what are the things that like I'm asking for, but not asking for out loud? Yeah. You know? And then it's we're like, mad at people when they don't meet yeah, our needs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> I thought she was going to read my mind. Yeah, I thought you yeah. just knew what yeah. I, yeah. Needs yeah. and boundaries. You got to express your needs and your boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that like, because, you know, not like now that I'm in a place of just like being like, okay, like if we're going to work together, this is what I need. If we're going to, you know, hang out, this is what I need. I think like mm-hmm. setting up those expectations, I think it creates a certain amount of safety. Cause like, I think a lot of people like pull back when it comes to setting boundaries cause they're afraid they're going to hurt somebody, but it's like teaching somebody how to properly interact with you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's like saying like, Hey, like as long as these are, these things are respectful we can hang out, you know? I feel like boundaries actually give freedom. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Well, they, it, you, they let you enjoy somebody like for, for who they are. You know, mm-hmm. they let you, they, once you've communicated what you need from that person, as long as that person's following that, mm-hmm. then you can feel safe in that, that friendship yeah. and that relationship and whatever. But it's, you know, I think it's, it's important, at least on my half to be able to say like, Hey, like this, this activates me. And like, I, I don't want to react this way, but like it, nine times out of 10, there's a good likelihood that like, if you keep treating me like like this, I will keep reacting this way, yeah. you know? I statements. That's why we got to use I statements. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So how would be a better way to, to put that? So I was just working on this with a client the other day. Okay. There's a couple different formats, but it's basically like you, it's like, it's like objectively, objectively describing the situation without blaming and then identifying how it made you feel and then requesting for a change in behavior next time. It's sure. kind of like, the so it's like, you can either be like, I felt this way when 
your voice was raised or whatever, you know, instead of like when you were yelling yelling at me. me. Yeah. Yeah, So like an example of it being objective would be like when you raise your voice, it makes me feel this way. I I need you to be aware of your voice when we're arguing in the future or something like that. You know, Can, can you please be conscious of how your voice affects me. Or, yeah. Yeah, like, and I like the way that that's set up because it identifies where, where you see a problem and it gives them like an opportunity to do better. You know, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a simple ask. It's a, this is where, where I'm seeing a problem. This is what I'm asking from you. So yeah. it's, it's, I think both parts of that are extremely important because sometimes we just say, I need you to do this yeah. without saying what the problem is, or we say yeah. what the problem is without yeah. offering them a solution to do better. Yeah. And identifying your feelings as your feelings, not something they made you feel, but just like the situation I feel this when this happens instead of like you do this and you make me feel this way. Yeah. So it's, it's really like language is powerful. Uh, you statements versus I statements, right? Yeah. Uh, some like, like what I was saying about like the, uh, the legwork that the, the the people have done, uh, I've noticed that using those kind of statements, like the very formulaic type of statements with people that, haven't been to therapy oh, yeah. like oh they God. think it's super weird it makes their yeah. brain explode. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just like why are you talking <laughs> oh my like gosh. that i literally had someone tell me i don't know what language you're speaking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, so you haven't gone to therapy like, <laughs> 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 I was like, what the fuck are you talking why are you yeah. why are you talking like that Girl, you i don't know how to robotic? effectively communicate and it's freaking me out that yeah. you're doing it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're picking your words before you use them i don't trust it yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no well i think it's it comes from like a lot of us like you know i i think like communication is I've said it a hundred times but it's like it's the thing that like we all we're all expected to do but never get taught yes it's, it's such a missing yeah. piece of our education Absolutely. I feel like a hundred percent but I, I think because that's the case it's you know it's it's being able to say something out loud and then being able to like you know work from there and just be yeah. like hey like this this bothers me you know okay well that didn't work or when you do this okay that you statement didn't work you know mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of trial and error but I think that you know a willingness to to even like pivot you know to to look at yourself and be like, mm. did I address the problem in the right way? You know, did I, did I, did I handle this on my end as much? Did I come with the same energy that they came out with me and then got upset that they got upset? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. am I matching their energy and then just being like, whoa, why are you being so? Yeah. Yeah. On, on, on a much bigger scale, I think that's what, or at least a very different scale. I think that's what separates like celebrities from like common people or whatever. Like, uh, like they, <laughs> peasants. Peasants, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's use the right language. <laughs> Because like they have PR people, they have yeah. like oh, like public relations. Yeah. They 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 have uh like and when they don't, it gets weird. Yeah, it's like a really new celebrity or like yeah. someone that got famous on like a reality TV show yeah. or some shit. And you're like, like you haven't reached the celebrity yeah, status yeah. to get like a PR person. Yeah, yet. yeah. yeah. You speech classes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like it, you like you can tell, and that's why I feel like what cements them in like celebrity status is like being cool all the fucking time because they have like they pay people to help them be cool. Yeah, and like stay cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's no I, I think that like toxic relationships are, are something that, you know, like it's something that we've all experienced, but it's not something we have to continue to experience. And, yes. you know, I think that like, th- like, even though we have experienced those things, we know what we don't want. So I think mm-hmm. that's that's an important part going forward. Yeah, that's yeah. Like the main mm-hmm. lesson I've gotten from them. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we're going to take a real quick break and we'll be right back with the smoke break. And we are back with the smoke break. We are here every week. I am Taylor Barrett with Zane Thomas. Pew, pew. Zoe Schwartz, Hi. And Erica Figueroa. Is that how you Figu- say it? Figueroa. Figueroa. Thank you. I'm okay. glad that that happened because yeah, at the yeah. beginning I was like, I didn't ask about pronunciation. Yeah. No one gets it on the yeah. first try. Uh, hey. okay. Unless you're Juan Duran. We're yeah. all about second chances. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead and introduce our time. But, uh, 
right now we're going to talk about gratitude. And gratitude is a really interesting uh, concept for me because uh, it's it's difficult for me to interpret where I should be putting my gratitude. There's a lot of times where I've I felt like that was used as a tool to make me feel like I owe something, and that was uh, a lot of times I've had to kind of shed that layer and just you know be honest about about my gratitude. But I, I was curious for everybody if like like what what makes something qualify or become disqualified from uh, you being grateful for it. Mm. Whether it's an oh action gosh. or a gift or or, or what? Well, I think mindset, right? Like you could choose to find something yeah. to be grateful for, even in a bad thing, right? Because you could be like, "This could have been worse." Yeah. So I think it's like your perception, like probably of, and your ability to like reframe things. Yeah. What are the gifts that this bad thing can give yeah. me? Which yeah. gets into tricky territory, but like, yeah, sure. yeah. Always, yeah. But 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 it's a part of like how we cope with all the horrible shit that we don't have yeah. control over in yeah. our lives. Is that we have to pick out little things to feel grateful for. Otherwise, we get overwhelmed by the the negative things. Well, I yeah. like I think like an example of like a bad thing that you could be grateful for is just like God, fucking this job is just soul sucking. But I have a job. But I pay rent. Yeah, yeah but you I'm know? not homeless. And I, I ha- yeah. yeah, I have, I have rent. a place I, to live. Yep, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, I think that it doesn't invalidate that something isn't good. I think it just it allows us to like use it said reframe it in a mm-hmm. way to be like. You know, the what what's what gains have been made out of this, you know, because mm-hmm. it's so easy to wake up and think the worst things like something I've been trying to do recently is like wake up and before I go to bed and when I wake up is say some things that I'm grateful for, you know, mm-hmm. because yeah. it's like how many days have you like gone to bed thinking about all the shit that you're annoyed about? How many mm-hmm. times have you woke up and been like, God, this is going to suck and I got to do this and I got to do this. Just the practice of like waking up and going to bed to those two things, like the the beginning of the, your mm-hmm. day and the end of your day is like made a huge difference because yeah. I'm thinking more about the things that I do have and not the things that I don't. Yeah. yeah. I've been trying to do that lately too and I'm inconsistent with it, but I want it to be an everyday process and it's okay for it to also to have days of like begrudging attitude. Yeah. Gratitude. Not yeah. begrudging attitude and begrudging gratitude. Attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you I've had plenty of days of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be like toxic positive. You know, you want right. you want to be like yeah. feel your feelings and then try to find a a, a lesson or a, yeah. a silver lining. Yeah, yeah. silver yeah. lining. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think like what you said earlier uh taylor about like people kind of like using gratitude as like a like a manipulation tool of like you should be grateful look at the things that oh, i do for oh, you yeah. that's when it becomes fucking gross yes. yeah totally I mean, that happens a lot with family that's specifically yes. happened a lot with yes. my family where they're like well i did this i did this and i did this and i'm like i'm fucking 12 dude like yeah. i don't have the concept of all yeah. this shit yeah yet. these like, are things you're supposed to provide right. yeah yeah you, you were supposed, supposed to know to. and i was supposed to not yeah yeah, yeah. well and i, <laughs> I, I <laughs> learn from you <laughs> well and i think too like the the problem is just like like, um, yeah, it's like when we expect people to be like when we're expecting people to be grateful, like it invalidates like sometimes their feelings. So, so well, look at all the nice stuff you have. Mm-hmm. It's like, cool. I'm ungrateful. I didn't think about right. that. I guess mm-hmm. I have another shitty thing to add to the you list have to let of why be I grateful suck. on like their own terms. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You can't give something hoping for gratitude. Yeah. You have to give it just because you freely want to give it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking of. It makes me think about like doing nice things for people expecting a certain reaction mm-hmm. i mean not that like we're human like of course right, we do yeah. that but yeah, right. but it's much better to just do it for the sake of doing it absolutely absolutely well and i think it, it just it, like giving something without an expectation of somebody being like oh thank you or like you know fawning mm-hmm. over you know whatever the hell you you've delivered like i i think that taking that expectation out of it you know it's just like i'm grateful to be in a position to give somebody something mm-hmm. yeah you know like there's really like it's it's stupid like the infinite amount of ways that like you can almost like find a way to be grateful for something mm-hmm. 
expecting someone to be grateful for something to bring it back to toxic relationships sure, they, sure. like people in Full toxic re- yeah do yeah. that a lot we're like yeah. well i did this for you and i did that for yeah. you it's like i didn't ask you to yeah. do any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. like you had this unwritten contract in your mind yes. that if you did this and it was like gonna it guarantee yeah it was gonna guarantee certain things for me yeah. so it's actually really manipulative it can be definitely, yeah totally definitely yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to come to terms with the idea that somebody might not be as grateful for something as you want them to be yeah. I think uh, having having a daughter definitely helped me kind of cross that bridge too because like one, one thing that I'll, I'll, I'll say a lot is like maybe she will understand what this meant for me when she's older and if she doesn't that's okay yeah and yeah. that's that that is much easier bridge to cross with a child you know because like yeah. they, they, they don't have that understanding of it and and if they don't then that's fine yeah. you know may, maybe when she's fucking 30 she'll she'll understand the, the, the yeah. dynamics that I, I've had to struggle with but mm-hmm. like the, I, I just want her to be chilling you know what I mean I, I want her yeah. to be happy I want her to yeah. be you know uh, taken care of and like the gratitude isn't part of that exchange for me totally. and uh, and I, I think that uh, that's something that a lot of parents struggle with sometimes mm-hmm. and if they struggle with it with their kids I can imagine they would struggle with it with interpersonal relationships and uh, mm-hmm. in, intimate relationships and shit and yeah it's it's but that, that is a very difficult bridge to, to cross it's, yeah. a, well, it's difficult to navigate and I think like you know like even in like the sense of like your daughter being younger there's a way that you can be like oh I'm grateful that she was so excited by the things she got you exactly. know yeah. like it doesn't have to be like she said thank you father I know this took from your paycheck <laughs> and I'm very appreciative it doesn't and it doesn't have to be that you know them just getting excited is Absolutely. like obviously yeah. they're grateful for it look how happy they are mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah that's a good point I, I was thinking about how like thinking of like focusing on the negative is kind of like a survival response yeah yes. and so yes. we I think protective yeah like yeah. by nature for the like the reason of staying alive our yep. brains are often more focused on the negative and so i think why like the practice of like finding little things to be mm-hmm. grat- grateful for like the tree or like a butterfly flying you know cheesy stuff like that like yeah. being outside and looking at the fall colors like finding little tiny things like petting your dog petting your cat yeah. finding little tiny things to be feel grateful for counteracts that like tendency of our brains to go focus on the negative as a way to protect ourselves i think we have to we have to correct in the or overcorrect or whatever the Mm -hmm. word is in the other direction to avoid that like natural tendency which can little things that are really easily overlooked i think are really important for like um uh I was I was in jail one time, and <gasps> I know uh, fucking you went to jail. sorted past. Uh, uh, <laughs> but like when I got out, the spot where they release you was like right by like a bunch of like houses. I think they were like houses turned into businesses type of stuff. But they had a lot of like just beautiful like flowers and gardens next to them. And I just like stopped and I was like, these these flowers are gorgeous. I, like gentrification is beautiful. Yeah, I just, I just like I just smelled them. No, for but a little after bit. being like trapped in a box. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I was yeah. just like, I like flowers now. These are fucking sweet. Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly, it, like yeah. I. Call my mom and uh, she was just like, but she's like, oh, you're in jail now. All of a sudden, you're out and you're like smelling the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that just shows like how like perspective, like are you yeah. where you like you can really enhance things. Yeah. Well, I think like going without gives you perspective on yeah. like the things that you have. I have had really bad days where I'm just feeling down about everything and I'll be driving and then I'll see like a houseless person who's mm-hmm. just suffering so deeply mm-hmm. and I just like get smacked with like, oh my God, Erica, like mm-hmm. you're going home to a shower, yeah. you're going home to a bed, yeah. mm-hmm. you're going home to your roof. So I, I don't know. Yeah. No perspective. Yeah. 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 And considering like even when something is bad, like what what is bad relative to what other right. people bad things other people are dealing. Yeah. with. It doesn't mean that your problems no. aren't real. Yes, exactly. But it's it puts just, them in perspective. It, yeah, it just puts them in perspective. Yeah. It's just like about creating the full three sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. something that I like to say a lot is just like just because 
just because it's not the worst doesn't mean that it's not bad. Yeah. yeah. So it's like just because I'm not suffering the most doesn't mean yeah. I'm not suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like it's important to acknowledge that other people are suffering too, but like to the not to the extent where you're denying or va- not validating your own feelings. Yeah. You still gotta feel what you need to feel. Yeah. And uh, like with that, you can still have empathy and sympathy for experiences that are are, are more difficult than yours yeah. and, and just mm-hmm. different than yours in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it makes me think about the idea of like self-compassion and one of the like, key, like when I was reading this book about self-compassion, one of the key tenets is like acknowledging that you're not alone in your suffering. Sure. So I think there is like a real, there's a lot of power, there's a lot of power in intentionally not like feeling isolated in your struggle yeah. and, and, and acknowledging that everybody struggles. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I think it's kind of similar. It's a little different, but I think it is similar. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's finding, you know, like commonality because it's like, I feel like when we suffer the most is when we feel we're the most alone, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. when we feel like we're alone in our suffering, we're the only one who's made this mistake, you know, like it's, it's the, Hey, somebody else might be suffering very similar to similarly to me, you know, and they got through this or, you know, like just being able to be grateful that we have, people to look up to and just be like, Hey, like, you know, this person struggled with, you know, houselessness, but like, look at them now, you know? And it's like, you, you can almost be grateful for your, uh, you know, your influences and just Mm -hmm. the, the ability to see people succeed when like, maybe they, they hadn't in other cases, you know, Mm -hmm. humans are very community based creatures. And I think that that is a really important part of it is not having isolating experiences. That's why I think it's hilarious when like, like alpha, Macho bros or shit. They yeah. they always use like like pack animals to identify. They're like, yeah, I'm a wolf, and it's like those run in packs. I'm a, I'm a lion, and like those also like, run. I'm in- a lone wolf. You're like usually the lone wolf dies. Yeah, yeah. like all the, all the all the hunting yeah. lions are females. Like yeah. I don't know I don't know yeah. what you think you're doing with yeah. this like alpha shit. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in nature where it's like the male birds are the ones that are all pretty. Yeah, they yeah. have to dance for us. us. They have it. to I dance for it. us. Literally the exact opposite of yeah. like what it's like in I our know. culture. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dress up. Fluff your yeah. feathers. I'm an alpha bird. Okay. Fluff your chest out. Your feathers are nice, but I want to see that other guy's yeah, feathers yeah, yeah, yeah. before I decide. <laughs> Male seahorses, the ones giving birth. That's yeah. fucking savage. Yeah. 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 flying out. Male seahorses are woke. Yeah. yeah male exactly. yeah, seahorses are woke as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> what is the wokest animal? That was going to be our last question. Uh, <laughs> the what? What is the wokest animal? Oh, God. Elephants. Elephant. Uh, I don't know why. Because they never yeah. forget. Okay. <laughs> they remember history unlike some people. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant remembers what you did. The right elephant people. remembers anniversaries. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And birthdays. And birthdays. birthdays. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I <laughs> that was a good laugh. That was a good laugh. But yeah, I don't know. I th- I think gratitude's it's it's extremely important. It's it's something that like you know it, it can't be forced on you. Somebody can't be like you should be grateful yeah, for this. You know, forget I, that it won't it's a, work. It's something that you have to arrive at. You know, it's yeah. something that it's. Yeah, I would say gratitude is something that you have to be like, okay, like I'm happy about this, not mm-hmm. I should be happy about yeah. this. I yeah. should be grateful for this. I think like it makes me think about cultivating a culture of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I feel that we don't have enough kind of venues for that. Yeah. Um, so I, there was a time in my life, like before I would eat dinner, where I would do the gratitude practice and be like, sure. okay, thank you, beans. Thank you, collards. <laughs> <laughs> I like, that. I like, thank you for the, because 
it just makes you slow down. But yeah. I feel like we don't really. So p- some people have that, you know, in their families, like their family has a practice or of religion that or something. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I don't like that it's tied to religion. Like I've tried to do it in um, just like regular dinners with other people. And it feels like really Christian. And we're all open. Okay. This is about mental health. It's not the about next God. Move. Yeah. You don't like, put your hands yeah, together. Yeah, You're fine. Yeah. It's not about that. But it's just like, I don't know. I want to like pull yeah. those good practices, divorce them from religion, integrate yeah. them more into mm-hmm. life. Like, well, divorce them from holidays too. Because divorce it's like, them from holidays. Yeah. Yes. Or like, why? Why is it just like one time a year? We're like, oh, well, let's think about what yeah. we're grateful. It's like, Thanks, no, we should Dad. be cultivating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We <laughs> should be cultivating this. That makes me think about a lot. Why a lot of people are drawn to religion though too, because there are rituals and routines embedded yeah. in religion mm-hmm. that are probably just like good for your mental health regardless yeah. of the whole god thing yeah but yeah. like some people don't find that without like a bigger you know needing there to be a bigger reason mm-hmm. but like i think what you're saying is kind of like there doesn't need to be a bigger reason yeah. it's just your own yeah. you don't need to thank well-being. god you just need to be thankful well and yes it, and it's yeah. like a key part of our mental health is being able to like be in control of the way we evaluate things and like acknowledge mm-hmm. that we have a lot of power in the way that we evaluate things. Mm-hmm. And if we yeah. constantly remind ourselves of why things are shitty, we will feel shittier and yeah. put out shittier energy. And if we constantly try to find positive things or even not constantly, but just remember that it's an right. important practice, you can literally like impact your mental health significantly. So I think it's really important for mental health to be able to yeah, I th- I think find things to be grateful. 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 Speaking proper That's like when English. something's rad yeah. and you're grateful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super rad. I didn't even speak. I made up a new word. <laughs> Way to think positively. Eric. Welcome That's to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think there's a lot of benefits to a lot of different religions. I think it, it gets uh, it gets really icky when it becomes extremely organized and extremely monetized. But yeah. I think a lot yeah. of the, that's why people are drawn to it, right? Yeah, it is like the, there's there's a lot of like practices and rituals and things that and just like the the idea that there is something higher and that there is uh, that like it's going to be okay. Like yeah. there, there's 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 a lot of like benefits to to things like that. It's just when it becomes extremely organized and extremely monetized, mm-hmm. that's where I get uncomfortable. Same here, yeah, yeah. But I think the key components, yeah, like they, they are good for your mental health like so it makes sense why it makes people feel better to have Mm -hmm. something to believe in but i think we can believe in ourselves and we can believe in like our own ability to and still have like practices and rituals that like enhance and like and 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 make us feel grateful for things but i think it's empowering too for it to be more about us versus like some all-being creature that like or person or whatever thank you god for giving this to me not thank me for making this happen yeah Yeah, (laughs) to give give ourselves credit for the work we've done or the relationships we've built or the good things in our lives. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, on that note, that has been The Smoke Break. Thank you all so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for being on, Erica. I thank you for having you. me. Yes, you have been amazing. I was about to introduce yeah. myself, but the guest, <laughs> the, thank you so much for joining us, Erica Figueroa. Figueroa, thank uh, you so much. You gotta write twice, I gotta write zero times. <laughs> <laughs> next time, motherfucker. That's been The Smoke Break. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.